Welcome to the Midlife Masculine Podcast. My name is Dhruv Sethi and join me on this journey of becoming an objective, independent, self-sovereign thinker and doer. The masculine maintains structure in our families and society even when it's underappreciated. This always begins with the acquisition of knowledge, ancient or modern, obscure or mainstream. Regardless, we will acquire knowledge together on this show. Find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms. Please like, share, subscribe and hit the bell. All men have at least once in their lives dreamt of being an entrepreneur, but not all have succeeded or taken the risk. We want to use today's episode as a guide for men to reach their highest potential in their career and business by incorporating certain aspects of spirituality. Therefore, I'm delighted to be joined by David Peralta. David is a spiritual teacher, coach, and creator of The Soul-Centered Founder, where he combines his 20-plus years of studying Zen Buddhism, Eastern spirituality, and Christianity with helping men build six- and seven-figure businesses by aligning themselves with their soul's highest purpose. Welcome, David. Thanks so much for having me, Drew. It's really a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. And I sort of uh, manifested you because uh, I wanted a business coach, but I wanted someone with a, who had an undertone of spirituality, and you have more than that. So I've manifested more than what I wanted, actually. <laughs> that's, that's often how it happens. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that. I'm so happy to hear that, uh, of that synchronicity. Yeah, no, glad to have you. And um, yeah, I mean, there's so much we can uh, dig into, but I, I do want to ask you this question. It's been it's been on my mind. So, um, you almost became a monk. Now, what made you decide against it? Okay. Um, I was, uh, it was, I was 20 years old and I had, um, I was practicing inside of a Zen Buddhist monastery. Uh, it was actually a farm that had a Zen center on it, uh, the Green Gulch farm. And the next step was to join their monastic program uh, deep in the mountains of Northern California. Now, the reason why I was there was because I had been um, not finding what I was looking for in life at the time. Um, I was in university and I had checked all the boxes, done everything that I was supposed to. I was following the script. I was following all the expectations, but I was not finding any real lasting happiness and satisfaction. In fact, my life was going in the opposite direction. I was feeling very depressed. Uh, and the life that I had with my friends of smoking lots of marijuana and partying and also doing school and doing a good job at school too, but uh, that wasn't leading to meaning. That wasn't leading to fulfillment. That wasn't leading to lasting happiness. Um, and so, there came a moment uh, in the summer after my sophomore year at university where I realized that uh, all these expectations that I'd been following, all these scripts, I didn't have to follow them. Um, I thought I had to go to school. I had to get a job, right? I had to perform well. I had to do all these things. I had to take all the tests. I had to do everything. I had to be a certain way. And it was all bearing down on me like a burden and a pressure. And there came in this moment an epiphany that I didn't have to do anything that I was completely free to make whatever choices that I wanted to make. And I could choose to continue down that route if I wanted to, and if I chose to consciously, but I didn't have to. 
And that was the first moment where I started to discover what I later on came to recognize as my intuition, as the voice of my soul, that inner guidance that was going to show me the way and show me what was in alignment with what I was carrying inside of me. And so I started to follow that. And that led me to this Zen monastery. And I took a year off from university. And when I was there, uh, I started to experience a completely different way of living than I had ever experienced before, where it was all about life in the present. It was not about what's coming next. It was not about what projects do I have to work on. It was not about, um, you know, how to impress other people and not how to present myself a certain way. It was completely about what is the experience that is arising in me in this moment and how do I uh, interact with that, right? So, every moment is based on what's arising in this moment. How do I meet this moment, right? And not some distant future. It was incredible, right? And so, I knew this is what I want to be living. This is how I want to live my life. I don't want to go back to that old way of living. I want to experience my entire life this way. And so, for me, the next logical step was become a monk, devote myself completely to this way of living. And then, what pushed me away from that was actually um, another spiritual awakening that I had while I was at that monastery. Um, it's a it's a story that I don't usually share because most people don't ask me about it. But uh, I'll try to I'll try to summarize it as much as I can. Towards the end of that six month stay, uh, I was in the kitchen of that Zen monastery, and there came a moment where I started to experience a level of such profound pain. I had never felt anything like it before. It was so overwhelming. It was, it was rising up inside of my heart and it was so painful that tears started streaming down my face. And so I started to wipe away the tears, not realizing that because I was on kitchen duty, I had just been cutting chili peppers. And so I had now wiped chili peppers all over my eyes and my face. So now not only was my, my inner body, my heart in burning pain. Now my face was in burning pain as well. The tears don't stop flowing, right? And so I look to my supervisor and I say to her, I just got to go. And she says, okay. Yeah. She sees that I'm clearly in some emotional distress. I leave the kitchen and I head out into the mountains of this center. And then the tears just start exploding out of me and I have no idea what's happening. Uh, and I start heading up in the mountain and the sorrow just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And then I feel this presence. It's inside me and it's around me and it is encouraging me to go through what I am going through. And I have no idea what that is in that moment. And so I just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into it until I reach a point where the pain is so strong that I cannot continue anymore. I can't even stay standing. And at that moment, there was a fence post off to my left. And so I collapse against this fence and I cry out, nobody should have to suffer this much. And the moment I said that, that's when this clarity overcame me. That's part of why I'm here to help other people learn how to not suffer, how to heal their suffering, and then how to learn to transform suffering so that it's no longer suffering, and then how to prevent that suffering from happening to begin with. Okay. 
So it's essentially to um, teach the rest of us uh, how to overcome that suffering. And when you when you started crying, was that uh, was there no trigger at all? It just uh, came by itself. Oh, there was a trigger. There was a trigger. I learned this much later. It was uh, it was the anniversary of one of the most profound heartbreaks that I'd ever had in my life, and I didn't recognize it at the time. But then later on, when I had some distance and I looked at the date, I was like, oh, I see. It was it was like an energy cycle that when that happened, that pain started to come up and out and it started to be felt again, right? As, a press, as opposed to suppressed, which is what I did when that heartbreak initially happened. Um, and to quickly cap off the story, because why didn't I become a monk? So once I uh, was having this experience when I was in the midst of it, there came a moment where I reached the top of the mountain, literally. I was on the top of the mountain outside of this monastery. And then I got down on my knees and I closed my eyes and uh, I had a vision. It was the first time that that had ever happened. I closed my eyes and with my eyes closed, I was seeing a sky in front of me full of clouds. And I was seeing a symbol inside, inside of those clouds. And then this deep peace came over me. And I looked back down the mountain to the monastery. And I looked down the other side of the mountain, away from the monastery. And there was this clarity down the other side. And it was that profound intuition that told me, that's my way forward. It's not to go back to the monastery. It's to go back down the other side of the mountain. Um, in back into the world. That's not, I didn't realize that at the time, but that became the path for me. Wow. Real uh, profound experience. And yeah, I, um, heartbreaks do have those, uh, effects on us. Um, earth shattering, life changing effects. Yes, they do. Okay. So in terms of, um, Eastern philosophies, would you say that it is in congruence with business and money? I would say, uh, yes and no. Okay, explain that. So, um, if the goal is business and the goal is money, then no. Because these, in, in an Eastern tradition, the way, I mean, in, in, even in some Western traditions, the world that we see is not the ultimate reality. There is an underlying reality that is the true reality, right? Uh, the, the love and the energy that creates the reality that we see, and then the source of that energy, the formlessness, right? The stillness and the peace that everything arises from. And modern science is starting to discover this. There are, there are quantum scientists who are discovering this pure field of energy that exists in a state of pure potential before that energy starts to manifest as matter and as the physical universe. So, that is the true reality. That is the absolute reality. And everything that arises that we see is a temporary illusion, a temporary form of that reality. So, if our goals are ever to pursue something that is in the temporary reality, then ultimately it is not in alignment with that absolute reality. And pursuing anything in that way is inevitably going to lead to dissatisfaction. It's inevitably going to lead to suffering. So, why did I also say yes? Because everything is that energy manifesting all the time. Everything in life is that process of creation that's happening. And one of the things that I work with with my clients is helping them discover their soul's purpose. Um, ultimately, everybody's soul purpose is the same. In my experience and in what I've learned, that soul purpose is to love. 
It's to connect to that source, which you can call that source love. When we connect to that source and we have an experience of oneness, we experience it as love, which is why when we connect with another human being deeply and feel love, we are feeling a connection. We are feeling a connection to that state of oneness. So that energy, that love is all the time manifesting everything that we see and everything that we see contains that energy. And so when our goal becomes to become instruments of that energy, to expand love, and then to discover what is the unique way that we are here to do that, how are we here to serve others? How are we here to help them connect to that love? Then people are going to start to find they have unique callings. They have unique services that they're going to be able to offer, right? There's a unique way that they are going to be able to do that. Now, when we live in alignment with that, that energy that we, we become conduits for that energy, that energy flows into the creation, and then it also flows in the form of abundance. It takes care of us, right? In the Western traditions, you would call that seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all things will be given to you, right? In the Eastern tradition, this is called the Divine Mother, this energy, the creative energy that is manifesting everything. That's the Mother's energy. And so when we are in alignment with her energy, when we are interacting with her energy, and our goal is to become vehicles for that energy to transform the world and other people for the positive, then that energy is going to bless our lives with incredible abundance, right? And incredible levels of peace. Um, love, right? Happiness, like all the things that we were searching for, mm. they come to us when we act in service to the world. So, so if I paraphrase it, so the goal should not be to to make lots of money or become an entrepreneur or businessman in itself, but rather use that to fulfill the soul's ultimate purpose, which is to give and receive love. Did I paraphrase that correctly? Perfect. That's perfectly said. Fantastic. I mean, in, in the Western world, money is demonized and um, we're often told that it is the root of all evil. But you, I, I take it, you don't see it that way. No, I don't see it that way. Um, the pursuit of money is what causes us to behave in evil ways. The pursuit of the accumulation of money for selfish purposes is what causes our hearts to close to others and the needs and the suffering of others and to pursue that money at whatever cost to other people, or to simply put on blinders and close our eyes to the effects that it might be having on other people. But money is energy. Money is another form of what's called Shakti, right? Shakti is that universal energy. Money is just one expression of that. It's just, it's just a symbol that represents the energy that we put into the world. Sorry, we put the energy into the world, and then the money represents that energy coming back to us in the form of money or compensation. That energy is most powerfully felt when we are in service. When we are in service of another and that love flows through us to another soul, then their soul reflects that back to us. And from their soul, even more energy comes back to us and blesses our life. And one of the forms that that manifests as is money. And one of the ways, or sorry, I'll stop there. No, no, uh, I was just going to um, uh, chime in to say that uh, some billionaires that I um, I try to follow and pick up nuggets of knowledge from, they all say 
generally the same thing and very similar to what you're saying that money is essentially an idea or some sort of a force uh, which we can't always touch but we sort of need to build a relationship with the energy that is money is that something you share yeah exactly so the way the way I, I encourage the people that I work with not to develop the relationship with money, but to focus primarily on the service, right? And I don't just mean the product and service. I mean the act of service. So one thing that I help people do is people do come in with income goals, and that's totally fine, right? Um, what I encourage them to do is to base that income goal on their actual life. So as opposed to just having a vanity goal of I want to make you know, a million dollars by the time I'm 30 years old or a billion dollars by the time I'm 40, right? This is purely vanity metric. This has nothing to do with what you're going to be contributing to life, right? And it will not bring you anything. If you hit that goal, so what, right? What, what, what meaning has that brought to you? So, when people have a goal, so for example, I had one client and I asked him, you know, like based on your entire life, all the expenses that you have and all the desires that you would like to have, how much would that be? And he says, at the moment, it would be about $300,000 a year. And I said, perfect. Okay. In order to generate $300,000 a year, what is it that you would need to do based on what you're providing at the moment? Well, I would need to develop so many clients. It was about like a, a, a thousand um, contracts that he would need to have uh, developed with uh, with various clients. And so, I said, okay, this is the service that you're providing. This is the way that you are helping people. What I want you to do is I want you to imagine what it would be like if a thousand people were benefiting from your service. That if you were bringing that impact to a thousand people, right? And then because your service is really uplifting people, it's transforming their lives. It's giving them a level of confidence and how to operate in the world that they didn't have before. That's going to have a ripple effect. So I want you to, I'm encouraging you to imagine what kind of effect that would have on those people's lives and the family members of those people and the companies that those people are a part of and to start to see this energy spreading through the entire world through the people that you're working with. And I want you to see that you are the conduit for that energy. It's the service that you're providing that is allowing all of this energy to come into the world. And I want you to feel that energy coming back to you. And how does that feel? Mm -hmm. And then people start to enter into the state of relationship with the energy that is being created as opposed to how am I going to make the money? What am I going to do to make the money? Right. Um, and making the money the goal. And then sure enough, that client, once he had that clarity, then he started to know, okay, well, this is what I need to do to work with these clients. And it was always about see them as people that you are serving, not contracts that you are closing to hit a monetary goal. And he blew past that goal. It took him a little while, but now he's having a seven-figure business as opposed to just a six-figure business. Yeah. As soon as you described it like that, I felt, I immediately felt that, okay, uh, this goes way deeper than the service surfer surface level numerical goals uh, definitely had an impact even on me so i'm i'm thinking as you were speaking as to uh, okay maybe i need to revisit my goals and uh, dig a bit deeper so um that was a very practical exercise that i had with him uh, i had been working with him already for a while right so it was like we're just revisiting kind of yearly goals um 
But the initial way that I help people is by um, helping them create the highest goal that they can envision for their entire life and not just for their vision and not just for their business. Uh, and so that's done through what I call a deathbed meditation, which is essentially I ask the person that I'm working with to imagine themselves in the final moments of their life just before they're getting ready to transition. And I want them to imagine that they have reached every the highest level that they can imagine in their business, in their relationships, in their health, in any other aspect of their life that is important to them, and in their relationship to God, to the divine, in whatever way that is. And I really encourage them to feel like, okay, if there had been no obstacle in your life and you accomplished everything that you were here to accomplish, what does that look like? And is that something we should write down uh, at a point in time or something that we should write over a course of time in a journal or a yeah, how, how's that exercise? Well, the exercise, I usually do it personally. I usually do it in a one-on-one -on -one session with people. Uh, and so, what I found is that um, some of my clients have told me that even when they try to do this on their own, it's a little bit more difficult because they're a little too much in their head. And so, it can be very helpful to have somebody who's there specifically to let them get out of their own way right, to help them enter into a state of deep relaxation where their mind is very quiet and calm and their body is relaxed and they feel very present. And then to just through certain questions, let them find the answers inside of themselves. And then when they find those answers, it's more than just a visualization. It's a fully felt experience. They start to feel what it would be like to have a completely open-hearted relationship with their spouse and to have become an inspiration for their children, right, who also rise up and experience that light. A lot of people see it as light coming through them and touching the lives of other people, right? They see uh, the level of impact that they've had in their business, uh, and it's usually pretty massive. And they start to feel at that level what if they've created at that level right? What it would feel like energetically to feel that level of energy have, have participated in that level of energy coming into the world and uplifting other people. So, they start to feel it. They start to experience it. Once that session is over, and usually it's a couple of sessions to go through various aspects of their lives, then I highly recommend them to write that down and to remember that because that feeling that they develop becomes a critical part of then how to move forward. And the reason why it's so important is because once we develop that felt sense of what that state is that we want to create in this life, that we want to reach in this life, number one, we now have a clear vision, right? Whereas before we might have had a vague sense that we want to make an impact. We have an idea, we have an inspiration for something that we want to bring into the world, but it's kind of abstract. Once we develop a crystal clear vision in this way, it's very concrete. We've seen very clearly the possibility and the potential that we have. And not only have we imagined it, we have felt it. And this gives an incredible level of confidence because it, because it starts to become very real in this moment. And now we have a map. Now we have a destination. Whereas before, or I should say now we have a destination, whereas before we just had a general map. Now we know where we're going. And that felt sense is our guide. Because the, one of the next steps is 
when you have that feeling, every entrepreneur faces the challenge of what do I focus on? I have a million different things that I could be doing, but what am I supposed to be doing next? Uh, and the problem that I've seen many of my clients have is that they overstretch themselves. They try to do too much and they end up not seeing results. And so they chase the next thing and the next strategy and the next thing that the next internet guru is telling them to do. Uh, and so they end up burnt out, overwhelmed, anxious, and feeling lost, basically. When they have that felt sense of what is the future that they want to move towards, I then encourage them to look at everything that they could possibly do for their business. And many times it doesn't even require this because many times people know right after the session, I know exactly what I need to do. I know exactly who I need to talk to because this clarity is now in alignment with where they're going. But if they're not there quite yet, then I have them look at everything they could possibly do and then imagine themselves doing each one of those steps. One of those steps, if not multiple of those steps, is going to recreate that feeling. They're going to feel that way again. Feeling is the secret, isn't it? Really. Feeling is the secret. Uh, that's probably the trick um, because that, that's sort of your compass as well as to where, which direction you want to go. That, that's exactly right. That is that inner sense telling you that this step and this action is going to take you in this direction. And right. so the, those are the things that I encourage them to focus on. No. No, thanks for that. That's, um, I think that that'll be very useful for, for the listeners. I want to dig deeper into, uh, how you work. And, um, very broadly speaking, we can, um, have three categories. Um, so let's talk about each of those three categories, um, at a high level. Uh, one of the things you say, say is that we need to have a very clear vision of what we want to become. Uh, I, I think you sort of touched on it earlier as well. But um, w what does that look like? So when a person wants to create that vision of himself, um, what is he seeing? What is he? What is he? Yeah. So that's going to be different for every single person. Um, but what I encourage people to do is that that's what the that's what the point of this end of life meditation is, because you can't get any higher than that. There's there's nothing going to happen after that. So that's the that's the peak, right? Um, and so. What I encourage people to do is rather than focus on the external, right, rather than focus on the achievements, right, or what they imagine things would look like, I encourage them to feel what that inner state would be. If you had the most fulfilling relationship with your wife, if you imagine that your heart is completely open to her heart and there's a pure free flow of love between the two of you, how does that feel? What inner state does that create? How do you feel that in your body? Yeah. If you imagined that with whatever business idea you have at the moment, right, uh, or even if you don't know what your idea is, but you feel like you want to have an impact, then imagine that impact, that energy having spread through you and touching the lives of as many souls as you can imagine, right? And then people start to get a sense of the scale. Like on some people, like it's really reaching around the planet, right? On some people, it's a few key souls around the planet that then have a bigger impact in the areas that they're going to be influencing. And so I have them focus, okay, now imagine that you've done 
an incredible service, whatever it is that you're uniquely offering, or you don't know, but you just feel the energy flowing through to those people. You're connected to them. You're uplifting them. You're helping them to awaken to something, to some light coming through them. And then what ripple effect does that have in the world? What does that feel like? Again, what is the inner state of that? When that energy comes back to you, who is at the center of that network, what kind of usually people describe like really amazing feelings of like it's just so uplifting it's so empowering like i really feel alive and it's the inner state that becomes the guide as opposed to the external vision of what it might look like i know that's that's powerful could you explain that a bit yeah sure that that goes a little bit back to what we were talking about about um having goals that are more uh externally oriented right uh whether it's money whether it's fame um whether it's the thinking that first we have to achieve something in life and only then will there be success and happiness uh, that first we have to become something and only then can we have what it is that we're looking for um this mode of thinking in my experience will actually push away what it is that we're looking for. Because when we create a mindset that first we have to do something before we achieve, it creates this mindset that it's never enough. We'll never be able to do enough because we've already put that goal, we've put that state that we want to achieve in the distance. And so it doesn't matter how much we move towards it, our mindset is it is down the road. First, we have to achieve step one, right? And it'll be down the road. But then once we get to step one, we haven't achieved it. We're not feeling that sense of satisfaction. So we have to achieve step two, step three. It is always going to be further down the road because of the way that we've created that in our mindset. And so we will never find the fullness of what it is that we're looking for. And we'll never find that, that meaning and that fulfillment. And so what the alternative is, is when we create these visions, we discover what that state of success looks and feels like right away. And we start to access it. And we start to feel it inside of us. So that's one thing, right? So we actually start to feel that state. And we actually start to operate from that state. That's another reason why it's so important to feel that way is because it is no longer in the future. All we've done is aligned ourselves with the state that we want to be in, right? And we feel it in this moment. This is not some kind of like visualization trick. It's we have just in our mind created the state and now we're feeling that state. So the more we can tap back into it and operate from that state, once we feel that connection with the thousands or millions of clients that we have, even if we have zero clients right now, we feel what it's like to have that many clients and we start to operate from that state. Not only does it change how we operate, but then it also changes how we interact with the world and the level of energy that's coming and flowing through us. Absolutely. So essentially what you're saying is we, we need to feel it now as though we have it already. Um, and whilst we're talking, I was just thinking back to the university, uh, your university experience as you were describing it. And it reminded me of my university experience. And essentially that's what it does. It it tells you, it's this missile dream that after you get your degree, you will achieve X, Y, Z. And um, what actually happens when you go to university is that you're, 
18, 19, and then you give up three years of your life when you, you've got that fire energy in you, the alpha energy, and you waste that, you direct it towards completing assignments, coursework, pointless projects. Whereas instead, you could use that alpha uh, fire energy to take a few risks in business and uh, just try a, f- a few projects out. You may get burnt, but nonetheless, you get wiser earlier. But instead, university sort of steals those years away from you. Um, do you sort of agree with that or do you share that view? It can, right? It can. Because my experience has personally shown me is that everybody's path is going to be unique. And the most important thing to discover what that path is, is to discover that inner voice and that inner guidance. Because somebody's path may very well be led through university, right? There very well may be professors and people who they will meet at university that will be a critical part of their life moving forward. Whereas they may, they may, they, there may be people who feel that this is not the right step for me, at least not at this moment. And I feel like I need to have some life experience. Either I need to travel first or I need to start working first and get some clarity. And then maybe I know how to take advantage of university because the problem with a lot of students at university is that they're lost. They don't have clarity. And so part of the reason why that fire gets wasted at university is because there's no clarity and there's no direction. And so I, I won't say that it's, it's the right thing for everybody or it's the wrong thing for everybody. But it's only the right thing when we feel like it's the right thing and not it's the right thing because that's what we're supposed to do after we graduate from high school and that's what everybody else is doing. That's not the right thing to do, right? And it very well may be that somebody else's path will never take them to university if they follow their inner guidance. Yeah, that that does make sense. Um, But I like what you said earlier that – we should not think that we have to achieve X, Y, and Z. Sorry, we have to complete X, Y, and Z to achieve something later on, but rather be in that moment now, um, feel that moment now. Yeah. There's there's one more thing to that, um, which is that because it's not just about living in a state that we are not experiencing right now. This is a piece of it, right? Like this is an aspect of um, – I mean, I don't want to open this door too much right now because it's really its own topic. Um, but the fact that time is not linear um, and the fact that the past, present and future all coexist. Uh, and so, like, that's a separate subject that maybe we could talk about some other time. Um, but what is equally important as learning how to embody those states now, tap into them, right, through a future exercise, but then embody them now, is success doesn't come through achievement. Success comes through embodiment. And it doesn't just come through the embodiment of these states. It comes through the embodiment of our true nature. It comes through the embodiment of our soul, through living from our soul and fulfilling the purpose of our soul. Because once we do that, it doesn't matter what stage we're at, right? Whether we're super successful businessmen or we're students, you know, without a credit to our resume, our soul's purpose is to love, is to connect, is to see the highest in others, and then to see how we feel pulled to serve that highest. So, it could very well be that we're just working in the cafeteria of our school, right? Or we're volunteering at a homeless shelter, or we're traveling through Europe. When we live in that state, that we are in service of that highest through our relationships to other people, then we feel fulfillment. Then our life is full of meaning. 
then we feel full of happiness, right? That is success. Success is living in alignment with that. And when we follow that, we will be guided towards a life of success. We will be guided towards what is our dharma, right? What is it that we're here to do? What is the, the, the sacred duty that we're being given here on earth? It always comes back to love. It always comes back to embodying that love, spreading that love, seeing that love in others. But it'll also come through, this is the work that I'm here to do. This is the mission that I'm here to do, right? And not everybody's going to be an entrepreneur. Some people might be a stay-at-home mom, but if they can do that from that state, it'll have that level of fulfillment and happiness, which we'll never find if we have some expectation of what we think we're supposed to be doing or what we think we have to do in order to eventually reach success. No, thanks for that, um, David. And then the third category, which you, you emphasize a lot, is that we should prioritize our relationships. Um, so before I ask you why that's important, are, are you referring to relationships with our spouses or with everybody around us? With everything. And then the priority are the relationships that we, like, in other words, the, the bonds that we have in life, right? That's the, that, that gives us the priority of our relationships. We have the closest bonds with our family. We develop the closest bonds eventually if we go down that path with, uh, with our spouses and with our kids, right? Uh, or if we don't go down that path, then, you know, with our friends uh, and then the people we interact with at work, uh, and then the people that we meet on a less regular basis. And so, you know, there's like a, an order to these relationships, but ultimately, Everything in life is relationship. We only interact with life through relationship with something, right? You know, when we drink water, we have a relationship with the water. We have a relationship with food. We have a relationship with everything, right? But the most important relationships are our closest loved ones and the ones who are closest to us in our life. That is the gateway for this universal energy to flow into our lives. When we open our heart, when we feel that energy flowing through us and we start to see that that energy is flowing through every single soul and then we love that soul, we open a doorway to the infinite and then the infinite can flow into our life and bless us. And the way, one of the ways that it blesses us is through what are we holding in our minds? What are we holding in our visions? That energy will come through and it'll empower that vision that we are holding, and it'll help to create that. So, to access the infinite, the all-knowing, we need to build relationships with our with everything, with uh, our near and dear ones. For some of the listeners, how do they build relationships with siblings or spouses? Um, yeah, in your opinion, is that I'm sure there's no one set rule, or maybe there is, but uh, yeah, I'll leave it to you. All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to my personal experience. Ma'am, um, in order to see the light in another, we have to experience that light in ourselves. That light in ourselves can only be experienced once we move through all the layers of who we think we are, all the personality, right? All the thought processes, all the emotions, right? That we're carrying. We have to be able to open up to all of that. In other words, we have to be able to experience the full spectrum of our human experience and without closing off to any of it. And then discover what is it that is experiencing that experience? What is it that is at the heart? And so one method 
through the Eastern tradition, for example, is Ramana Maharshi's approach. He was a great saint who lived in the 20th century who uh, taught a method of self-inquiry called Who Am I? To discover who am I really, not who do I think I am. So, that's one path that we eventually can follow to discover that essence that we carry inside of ourselves. And once we discover that essence, then we can start to recognize it in others. And then we interact with that essence and we love that essence. Another method that's more based on a Western approach is in the Eastern tradition, the teacher that I studied with, his name was Sri Kaleshwar. He passed in 2012. Um, his was a path that on the outside looked entirely like an Eastern path. A lot of mantras, right? A lot of uh, connecting to the the Hindu deities, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, right? Uh, Durga, Lakshmi, Sarasvati, Ganesh, Hanuman, right? These these all are beings that have specific connections to the divine, right? They're specific doorways to the divine. But what he said and what he taught was of all the souls who have ever come into the world, the most powerful who was ever born was Jesus Christ. And the reason was because he was the first soul that was able to completely reflect the love of God. In other words, the infinite. Every other human being, even the great masters that came before him, had some kind of covering, some kind of shadow. But he was the first one. And there's a great history. Uh, there's an incredible backstory to how it was that he finally came in, into birth and how there was this entire hidden lineage of saints that worked towards helping create a soul that could be born like this. Because once there was a soul that was born that could completely reflect the love of the Father in a human body, this opened the door for every human being to be able to access the same. It transformed the potential of what it meant to be a human being. And so another form of exercises that I've done personally, which has been completely transformative for my life, is a contemplation on the life of Jesus and a contemplation of his time in the womb when he first enters and he's in this state of complete oneness with Mother Mary. And then a contemplation on his time as an infant where with no mind, he's existing as this pure, tiny being in a human body, completely reflecting the light of the Father. His time as a child and then his time during his passion and then after his resurrection. These are all different states that he was able to access, that when we contemplate on that, we see that light, we connect to that light, and we become that light. And then we're able to recognize that light. And then we're able to love that light. And then we're able to live in relationship with that light in everything that we do. Some also say that um, before we are born, uh, when we're souls, we choose our families, the families that we want to be born into. And we make that decision based on the lessons we want to learn or the challenges we want to overcome. Um, so uh, as you were speaking, I'm just thinking like, um, I love my brothers. We're very close to each other, but perhaps one of my brothers, uh, we have discussions and then I lose a bit of patience. And perhaps that is one of the lessons I have to learn. I have to overcome. That's, that's one of the reasons I chose this life because I needed to overcome that challenge. All of life, right, is going to give us a reflection all the time of where we are, what our current state of consciousness is, 
what emotions we're carrying inside of ourselves, what blocks that we're carrying inside of ourselves. And so what you're describing is exactly that process. With the people in whom we are in the closest relationship, they are going to reflect back to us exactly what is preventing us from opening up completely to that divine state, to that state of oneness and union, based on how we react to them. Because they can continue being that exact same way. But once we learn and discover that, oh, we've got an impatience block, we've got an anger block, and we learn how to open up to it and release it and let it go, then that person can continue to act that very same way. But now we're not seeing the side of them that caused us to feel angry or impatient. Now we can start to see their light. And even if they behave in a way which is angry, short-sighted, you know, um, selfish, we can still see that light in them because that light is contained inside of every single human being. And one of the most powerful ways, right, do become our romantic relationships. Those, right, if we are not clear ourselves, if we have not cleared, you know, whatever emotions we're carrying, whatever blocks that we're carrying, the closest relationships that we have, I mean, especially the intimate ones, the ones where we're actually physically becoming one together with, those are going to reflect to us most directly and create the biggest seeming struggle in our life until we learn how to overcome these blocks and uh, and these emotions that we've been holding on to or thought patterns. Absolutely agree with that. Heartbreaks are amazing teachers it's uh, easy to say when you we're not when you're not overcoming a heartbreak but um yeah it's very important to not become bitter after heartbreak but rather embrace that feel through it uh, i mean that's my experience at least and i think heartbreaks in my life has really upped my game in pretty much every department of life uh, made a better version of myself and it's, it's a tremendous opportunity and i know it's very easy to say that when you're not experiencing it but uh, it's something that we should all remember Oh, absolutely. I could not agree with you more. This has been very insightful, David. Um, really, I think um, my listeners are going to gain a lot of value from you. So for you, what's uh, next? Um, what's next is to continue follow, to continue to follow that feeling that I have, you know? um, which is to start to increase the scope and the scale with which I'm working with people. There's something that apparently wants to come through me and help other people. And so I'm just following that energy. Um, and, uh, and that's why, you know, like, I'm so open to having conversations like these, like, if there's any way that what I'm sharing can help somebody else, right, either indirectly through this podcast, or directly through working with me, that's what I'm here to do at the moment, and then see where that takes me to the next step after that. I think definitely um, a lot of people from my circles will be interested in uh, working with you, especially because you have that undertone of spirituality, uh, which resonates with a lot of people um, that I hang out with and uh, listen to me, for sure. Uh, w one thing I did forget, though, was um, I always have a section. I always want to give my listeners some takeaways. So could you give uh, a few takeaways to my listeners in terms of how they can start building that vision, the vision of themselves being successful and uh, how to prioritize relationships, just a few points. Yeah, sure. So one of the things that I would recommend doing is whether you do a deathbed meditation and take a moment, maybe if you can even go into the nature, that's even better. But enter into the most relaxed state that you can, right? 
it, you know, maybe it's post exercise after a yoga session, whatever it is, right? And when you're in that relaxed session and you're really feeling your breath, so you're very much in the present moment, ask yourself, what is the highest aim that I could envision for myself in this one aspect of my life? If I could reach the highest potential in just this one area, what would that look like? And what would that feel like? You know? And get very clear on that. That's the very first step. And then with relationships, it's to do the same thing. Once we develop that vision, especially in our relationships, and we develop that feeling, that's one of the most important steps that we can take. Because now we are interacting with the energy of life, and we're telling the energy of life, this is what I want. This is what I want for my life. And then that creative energy, that divine mother energy, or the Holy Spirit energy, whatever you want to call it from whatever tradition you come from, is going to work with you. And the way that it's going to work with you is that it is going to start creating all the circumstances in your life that you need to get to from where you are to get to where it is that you're asking to go. And that'll include bringing relationships into your life that reflect the challenges that you're having. It'll also include bringing resources into your life that help you to overcome them, whether it's therapists or books or spiritual teachers or coaches or whoever it is, they will start to appear in your life right? So that you can make that transition. So those things, really creating a conscious aim for where you want to go and being really heartfully firm about that's what I want in my life, then life and that energy can support you to get there. Fantastic. Thank you very much, David. And uh, where can people find you? So right now, the best place to find me is soulcenteredfounder.com. Uh, that's the site where I'm doing the work that I'm doing at the moment. And anybody who wants to can go there and can book a free discovery call. I'm open to talk to anybody, right? Even if you're not an entrepreneur, but you just feel like you have a calling or you feel like your life is not quite in alignment with where you want it to be, right? And you feel like you have something to offer the world, but it's not quite flowing through you yet. It's not quite manifesting yet. Anybody who feels that way, I'm more than happy to talk to you. Fantastic. Well, David, this has been very insightful. And thank you once again. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This has been a wonderful conversation. Take care. You've been listening to the Midlife Masculine Podcast. Find us on mlmpod.info and all major podcast platforms. Please like, share, subscribe and hit the bell.